The Sports Gambling Podcast Network Fantasy Football Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Get started today and you'll get a risk-free bet up to $500. Terms and conditions do apply. Get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. We're also brought to you by Better Than Vegas. Better Than Vegas is your home to free daily video picks from the SGPN. It's like YouTube, but for sports gambling. Make sure to subscribe to our profile at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash BTV. That's sports gamblingpodcast.com slash btv we're also brought to you by roman roman is the straightforward way to take care of your ed just head to getroman.com slash sgp for 15 dollars off your first month that's getroman.com slash sgp we are also brought to you by underdog fantasy from april 29th to may 4th if you deposit on underdog fantasy you'll have a chance to win one million dollars in their best ball contest that's right one million dollars sign up now at underdogfantasy.com promo code sgpn that's underdogfantasy.com promo code sgpn What's up, everybody? It is the Sports Gambling Podcast Network Fantasy Football Show, Episode 2. This is super exciting because not only are we bringing you another fantasy football episode in May now, but uh, they decided to bring me back. I'm I'm continuing to podcast, which means that uh, I didn't scare you guys away, and I'm pretty stoked about that because uh, I love podcasting, and I love talking about fantasy football, and the man that is mainly responsible for me being on this microphone and and the one who you heard last week will be the guest today in this format adam pelletier thank you my friend for not only allowing me to take this microphone but sharing this with me this week in episode two listen rod you're the person who gave me my big step with the xfl podcast so it's only right that I get you back. We're just going to keep jumping on each other's shoulders until we're ruling the fantasy world here. All I'm saying, my friend. There we go. Excited to be here, though. Excited to talk fantasy football. Hyped after the draft. Excited to tell you all the reasons why the Buffalo Bills are going to win the Super Bowl this year and talk about nothing else. No fantasy football. Just 40 minutes about the Buffalo Bills and why Gregory Russo and Boogie Basham are going to dominate the AFC East for the next 10 years. We want to thank you for listening, everybody. That was the... (laughs) Just kidding. Uh, All right. And so listen, because Adam, you can find Adam all over the Sports Gambling Podcast Network site. He is our fantasy football editor at large and just the man who is going to take uh, this fantasy football section that we have. Uh, As the kids say, to the moon, folks, we're going to go there and we're going to join dog coin and uh, and I'll be rich. I I say dog because it's a a little dog. No, it's doge. Doge. I'm going to need you to be a little more hip and with it. Speaking, and I need you to take off the nice guy hat. You're too nice. <laughs> too nice, Rod. Let's go. Come on. Speaking, Let's get started. Speaking of corrections made on the fly, uh, as per our last episode that we did, we, we introduced the fact check portion uh, that Adam did so gracefully at the end. Uh, we're going to do that every time. And today I've brought in a special guest to be such fact checker. Uh, he is from the fantasy football Twitter community and the pregame HQ. My friend Mike Grimes, but you may know him as Adam. At Dr. Football. Mike, welcome to the show, my friend. Yeah, super, super uh, grateful to be here. Uh, tons of awesome energy already. 
I'm super pumped to get going. Thanks for having me. That's right. And Mike knows his role. He is going to keep Adam and I in line. He's got that five minutes at the end of the show to tell us what's going on. But I'm going to tell you guys what's going on first is your first time listening to this show. Here's the deal. So we are going to run this show very tight, right? We're going to have a 10 items, 10 players, 10 whatever every week that we're going to talk about, 10 topics. And we are going to now this week... You got lucky last week because you got an extra minute of every topic. Now you don't get that extra minute. Now you get three minutes to discuss those topics. And uh, this week it's going to be players again. But uh, at the end of that, guys, keep a listen for this sound effect right here. Not Not the theme music. Rod, clean it up. Uh, This sound right here. You hear the ticking clock? You have 30 seconds to wrap up your anything you're going to say. And once that's over, then... That is the time's up time. So when you hear that, Adam, I beg you, that's it. That's you. You got that's all the time you get. No more. <laughs> He's looking at me like, I guess I, don't I can accept this rule. <laughs> Outstanding. Grudgingly, I'm going to accept this rule for you, Rod. Well, listen, if you don't like it, you can change the format of the show. Uh, <laughs> all right, here we go. So um, gentlemen, are we all clear on the rules? Everybody know their role. I think that's a yes. Remember, this is only audio, guys. We're not doing video. I just want you to keep that in mind. I know. I know you know. (laughs) All right. Let's do this then, shall we? Uh, The the topics for today, all right, because we just had the NFL draft uh, wrap up and all of the rookies are now pretty much all accounted for, right? We had a few free agent signings, but uh, by and large, I think the biggest effects of folks are the ones that go in the first round. So we are going to look at a few of these players, Uh, not necessarily the players got drafted, but just players in general that were winners and or losers of this draft. And uh, we are going to start with three minutes on the clock to talk about one of the guys that I think is probably uh, the biggest loser of this draft, and maybe Adam will agree, and uh, maybe Mr. Dr. Football's at the end will tell us that too, is uh, Cam Newton, one Cam Newton. Adam, three minutes begins now. Rod, I'm going to take this entire three minutes to tell you why you are so wrong <laughs> that Cam Newton is the biggest loser, okay? Sure, Bill Belichick brought in McCorkle Jones over there, whatever the hell his name is, out of Alabama. But let me tell you, Mac Jones is going to step behind that Patriots line the first time. He's going to look to his left. He's going to look to his right. And he's going to think, oh, shit, who am I throwing the ball to over there? Where's Devontae? How do I throw this ball without 10 yards of separation and guys being 15 yards open down the field? How do I do this without Najee Harris opening up holes in the backfield? No. Any action Mac Jones gets is going to be limited. It's going to be mop-up work. This is Cam Newton's job this year. Cam Newton is what Bill Belichick has wanted in a quarterback for years. All he wants to do is run the single wing offense and play defense and beat everybody. That's what he's wanted for years. Cam Newton gives him that opportunity. Cam Newton was the Patriots leading rusher in attempts last year. Bill Belichick isn't going to sideline him. This is Cam Newton's offense for the time being. Belichick went on and got two tight ends to play to Cam's strengths. This is Cam's offense this year for 2021. Cam Newton winner winner 
You know, listen, I got to tell you right now that with those types of draft picks and those spending that spending that much for a quarterback, you know, you know, fans are going to want to see nothing but Mac Jones. They're going to be probably, you know, it's careful what you ask for type of a situation, but you know, they're going to be screaming right from the get go. And the second cam slips up. It's going to be, where's Mac Jones? Why can't we start Mac Jones? We spent such a uh, price on him that we have to give him some time. Bill Belichick cares what fans say. Bill Belichick only cares what he thinks. He doesn't give a damn what the fans and Billy Bob in New England and Boston are saying. He doesn't care. He's going to do what he wants, and he's going to run that team the way he wants to run it. Mac Jones was overrated coming out of college. He was overdrafted by the Patriots. And the first time he gets behind that line and is running for his life against Miami and Buffalo, it's just going to be, everyone's going to be clamoring for Cam Newton. Okay. (laughs) They're going to want Cam back because Cam can get away from the rush. Mac Jones is less, is less athletic than me. And I have one leg. Okay. I literally have one leg longer than the other, and I could outrun Mac Jones. You Listen, think he's going to get away from Gregory Rousseau and Carlos Basham and Jerry Hughes and Ed Oliver and everyone on that Dolphins team? No, he's got to play them four times a year. It's Cam Newton's team. Bill Belichick doesn't care. He took Mac Jones to just placate everybody and play the game. He's not going to play Mac Jones. Mac Jones is maybe going to get some mop-up duty. Not a factor this year for fantasy football. I literally am just glad that the San Francisco 49ers did not bite the bait and actually take that guy because I, for one, do not want to be cheering for him for the rest of my uh, San Francisco 49er fandom. I just don't want to do it. Uh, All right, let's move on. We are going to move on now to a running back of a team that's already established but may be under some serious pressure. Tell me, Adam Pelletier, what is in the cards for one James Robinson? Uh... A lot of the occasional run into the line for three yards and then go to the bench because Travis Etienne's legs are fresh and he's going to be back. I love James Robinson. I love James RB1 and Sin. Okay. I was the conductor of that hype train last year. I was the designator of that nickname. I might have stolen it from somebody else, but I'm claiming it. I gave him that nickname, James RB1 and Sin, folks. I loved him. I almost wrote him to a playoff berth in my home league. I was disappointed I didn't get him in my dynasty leagues. But let me tell you, he actually wasn't that effective. He was just a pure volume guy. And this kills me. Love the story. Love the undrafted. I am a fan of the undrafted. Fred Jackson will always be close to my heart. And I thought James Robinson could be the next Fred Jackson. Unfortunately, Jacksonville didn't think so. Urban Meyer wanted a big, splashy name. He's a college coach. He's always thinking about how can I get the five stars in there. Travis Etienne is going to be the RB1 there. He's going to get the workload. Sure, they're saying he's going to be the third down back, but actions speak louder than words. You don't draft a guy in the first round to use him as a third down running back. And someone and I went back and forth with tons of people on Reddit. And at the end of the day, guys taken in the first round get that workload. Okay, even CJ Spiller with the Bills got that workload. He got those 200 carry seasons. He was a he made it work. He got the volume. Travis Etienne is going to get the volume and not James Robinson. So unfortunately, unless he gets cut, James RB1 and sin loser this year, 
not going to be effective for fantasy football purposes. All right, but listen, he did tear it up last year. He was the guy that opened everybody's eyes and that was a waiver wire darling. And, you know, everybody ran to him uh, during their pre look. If And if everybody was doing like dynasty drafts before the draft one, you know, you, you definitely grabbed up James Robinson. So I'm telling you right now, I think that he has got a firm lock on this. And I think that if Travis does come in, it's, it's not, I mean, listen, look, I know what we said about Mac Jones, but here's the thing you can't, I mean, unseating a horse like James Robinson, it's going to be difficult for a rookie. Yeah. No, it's not. <laughs> oh no. We're going to unseat the guy who only had 400 yard games last year. Only averaged 4.4 yards per carry. Only had, you know, he was effective in the passing game, but a lot of his fantasy productions inflated by 49 catches. You know, he's just not a stud. He's not a guy who's going to do a ton behind a patchwork Jacksonville offense. He just got, you know, he had some nice games. He had some touchdowns, but that offense is going to flow through Trevor Lawrence. Now Trevor Lawrence has Travis Etienne has the trust of Trevor Lawrence. They're going to throw the ball more. They're going to look to get the ball to LaVisca Chenault more and get him more involved. It's just, it's over for James Robinson and Jacksonville. I hope he ends up somewhere else. I hope he ends up on another team, but he's just not the guy in Jacksonville anymore. I just want Trevor Lawrence to give me some hair tips because that man's mane is absolutely flowing, man. I'm jealous. Takes me back to some of my old childhood days of long hair. Uh, all right, let's move on to a young man who uh, a situation we were all watching with bated breath because as even our boss, Sean, said that this is when the draft really started. And that was pick number three. And that was one Trey Lance, who is now a San Francisco 49er over my better judgment. I really wanted another guy we're going to talk about later. Right. And it's Mike shaking his head. I know you can't see it, but I, yeah, we're all shaking our heads on that one. Uh, but Adam, Trey Lance. Now, listen, I'm on the about this is he a winner is he a loser tell me what you think trey lance is a winner okay if i'm a quarterback and i want to land somewhere i want to play for a shanahan okay i want to play for kyle shanahan who has a history of innovative offenses who has a history of getting the most out of every one of his players all right let's just remember at points last year we were all rostering nick mullins and cj Bathurst because <laughs> we were like what the hell it's the 49ers quarterback he's going to be good for 270 yards per game a touchdown per game. And we're just going to go from there, you know, touchdown and a half per game, maybe a pick, maybe not, but they're good for that. They're a floor value. They're like the definition of league average. Okay. Trey Lance is a winner for ending up there. San Francisco. If this was a multiple choice test, they didn't pick the wrong answer, but they didn't pick the best answer. Trey Lance has the upside at the end of the day, you're going to talk about, well, he only started one year. But in that one year, he didn't throw one single interception, ran for a thousand yards and threw for 26 touchdowns. I think it was At the end of the day. The kid has the untapped upside. OK, and everybody's looking at him and seeing this is a more athletic, which is a terrifying thing to think more athletic Josh Allen. That's what everybody's looking at this like. And Josh Allen did a favor for quarterbacks from these smaller schools with the big arms who can run because now everyone thinks we can turn this guy into the next Josh Allen. That's probably flawed thinking because Josh Allen is the exception, not the rule. But I hope Trey Lance ends up being successful. If you're looking for Trey Lance to be successful in 2021 for fantasy purposes, you're going to be sorely mistaken. He's not going to do it. As of now, it's Jimmy G's job. Once they move on from Jimmy G, then talk about it. Some dynasty, you're liking him as a long-term stash. 
but he's not going to do a ton this year unless Jimmy G gets hurt, in which case buckle up and enjoy the Trey Lance experience. I mean, I guess I'm going to have to as a fan, but here's the thing I will say, and I will add that that was an absolute uh, key point, I think, in this whole thing was that we needed a quarterback that was not going to be pressured to start day one because this is going to be Jimmy's team. I mean, I don't see them moving him anywhere in the future. I know there was a lot of push for the, the Patriots to get him, but obviously with Mac Jones in the house now, there is no room for Jimmy G anymore, uh, and Belichick isn't going to pull that magic wizardry out. So we are pretty much all in, intents and purposes stuck with Jimmy G for the foreseeable future. So, I mean, for me, the Trey Lance thing, again, you're right. It wasn't the right answer. I mean, it wasn't the the best answer, but it was still a right answer. As long as it wasn't Mac Jones, like I said before, I could not see uh, us taking Mac Jones because I literally, I think Mac Jones is Jimmy G light anyways. Right. I mean, and that's the thing. Trey Lance is going to give Kyle Shanahan something he hasn't had really ever in his coaching career, which is a guy who can throw the ball down the field has the, has a cannon for an arm and can run like nobody's business. Okay. These 49er running backs that we're going to talk about here in a minute, going to be even more interesting with a guy like Trey Lance under center. Yep. We stay in San Francisco. We start talking about uh, the Niners running back situation because uh, I did definitely, I, I did a, a meme earlier and I said um, them San Francisco, who, uh, which running back will you be taking in the draft? Uh, and then San Francisco said all of, or yes. And then we just kind of looked at, cause they took, I mean, it feels like they took all uh, every available running back that wasn't left after the first, you know, few picks. Uh, so what does that mean in that I mean, not just crowded, but like absolutely to capacity uh, 49ers running back room. Uh, I think it means Jermichael Hasty and Wayne Gallman are losers and are not going to be on that opening day roster. Right now, they can both be cut with absolutely no cap penalty. Okay. Raheem Mostert is also going to be on the chopping block because he's a half million dollar cap hit this year. So if, if you're going to ask me, what does that 49ers running back room looks like? I think Hasty and Gallman are gone. I think it's going to be Jeff. Wilson, maybe Raheem Mostert, Trey Sermon, and Elijah Mitchell. And I think Trey Sermon is actually the really big winner here. Okay. Um, typically the 49ers are running two backs out there. Okay. It's a two back offense really. And the only reason we get confused and we muddle this up is because someone always gets hurt. Okay. Trey Sermon though, is just an, is like the workhorse back Kyle Shanahan has been looking for for years. Okay. Reliable in college produced, always got stuff done. Between his time at Oklahoma and Ohio State, averaged six and a half yards per carry. As a junior and a senior, he averaged over seven yards per carry in each of those years. Not as much of a touchdown machine, but he's a guy who's going to make big plays, okay? And with an offense like the 49ers that really succeeds at opening up running lanes, Trey Sermon's a guy who you're going to be looking for them to really get involved. I think Raheem Mostert sticks around, and I think it's going to be Sermon and Mostert for the most part. Working out of that backfield, I could see Jeff Wilson getting some action when Raheem Mostert gets hurt because, you know, we all know it's coming. We all know Raheem Mostert's going to miss like two to three weeks, and then it'll be Jeff Wilson filling in, getting some goal line work. But I think Hasty and Gallman are the odd men out, and they're neither of them are going to be on the roster. Now, it also wouldn't surprise me if Raheem Mostert is also off the roster because it's only a half-million-dollar cap hit, and it's only for this year. And really, Jeff Wilson wouldn't surprise me if he was off the roster either. $2 million cap hit. So, but if you're asking me for fantasy, if I'm drafting 
today. I'm targeting Mostert and I'm targeting Sermon. But why bring a guy like Gallman in if you knew you were going running back? Or was it just that the fact that it fell, they fell to them and it was the best player available? I mean, why, why even bring in Gallman in the first place? Because guy, because teams sign guys, Rod. I mean, they sign guys who they can just cut. I mean, <laughs> you look at Wayne Gallman's contract and it's completely cuttable. He has no cap penalty this year. You sign a guy to a one-year deal because you need somebody to run into the line for the defense to practice tackling during training camp. That's why you sign these guys. And so everyone can be like, oh, he looked good with the Giants last year, and he did. But at the end of the day, the 49ers, it's Sermon and Mostert. Those are the guys I'm targeting, um, and especially Sermon, um, because Mostert's off the books after this year as well. So this could end up being Trey Sermon being the focal point of the 49ers offense. So if you're in a dynasty league, Trey Sermon in the late first, early second is going to be a huge steal. I'm I'm pretty much heartbroken though because I do love me some Raheem Mostert. I love the guy as far as the way he just I don't know he just seemed like he had the grit that I loved in a running back. And uh, you're right. I mean, he just got hurt too much and really just kind of I think. This Trey Sermon experiment should be interesting to see for sure uh, in San Francisco. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. As a fan of San Francisco, like I said, it's it's a little bit unnerving to know that we have every running back available that's uh, not, I don't know, not tied down. So, all right, let's talk about the Giants. We move on from uh, San Francisco to New York where Gallman came from. But now Kadarius to- uh, Tony, I was going to say Tooney. I always want to say Tooney. I don't know what it is, but Kadarius Tooney, uh, wide receiver. You time in Canada with your loonies and your toonies. <laughs> I sure as hell am. Uh, north of the border for me. There are no CFL yet. Anyways, Kadarius going to New York. Uh, much people, or many people were gnashing their teeth over this pick. Uh, tell me why, Adam, and, and is he a winner in this draft or is he a loser? As of right now, Kadarius Tony, I'm going to label him a loser. But the thing is, is as I started to dig into this more, Kadarius Tony could actually end up being a huge winner because we talk about how there's a bunch of guys in front of him. We talk about Darius Slayton, we talk about Dante Pettis, and we talk about John Ross. Dante Pettis and Darius Slayton can both be cut this year for under uh, $150,000 cap hit combined. John Ross has a million dollar cap hit, which isn't unreasonable. Kadarius Tony could end could walk into the regular season being the slot receiver. And if he is the slot receiver on a Giants team that's going to be looking to pass the ball more and seeing if Daniel Jones is the answer that he could turn into a winner. So as of right now, I'm going to call Kadarius Tony a loser, but that could change. He's one of those guys who's on the fence and I want to see what roster moves they make because he does have some of the athleticism to make plays across the field, out of the slot and in that speed role. However, I do think that Giants offense is going to be very limited. So for this year, he's probably going to be locked in as a loser just because that Giants offense is going to be terrible again. But it wouldn't surprise me if we got to the season and Kadarius Tony is surprisingly sneakily relevant. You know, we did a seven team or a seven round rather a full mock draft. I was a part of uh, a while back and uh, I got, I took tune. I took Tony in, uh, what was it? I think it was a third round. I think with San Francisco, Maybe, Oh no, second round because San Francisco didn't have a third round pick. Uh, but I, t- I took Tony in the second round for San Francisco. And I, I did, I liked him. I liked the way he was able to do the, the shorter routes for me because, you know, 
again, with the West Coast offense, you're looking at a lot of hitches. You're looking at a lot of uh, stuff that's close and not necessarily to the deep balls. So uh, I figured Tony could be that guy for San Francisco. Um, I think he could be that guy in New York. I actually think he's going to be a winner. I think he's going to be a winner because um, a lot of folks are going to be focused on guys like Galladay, and I think he's going to be able to fly under the radar and maybe you know earn some respect doing maybe some of the shorter routes. Adam doesn't maybe, look but when you're looking at that Giants offense, there's three receivers. Evan Ingram's locked in, and Kenny Galladay is too. Um, last year, Evan Ingram had 100 targets, Darius Slayton at 96, Sterling Shepard at 90. So the question is, is do you think Darius Tony can crack that Sterling Shepard role and get 90 targets? And do you think the Giants increase their number of pass attempts? I think they're going to throw the ball more, um, but I don't know that they're going to throw it enough to get him enough targets. They just don't target wide receivers in that offense. So if we're talking about from a fantasy standpoint, I don't know that Kadarius Tony is going to be a winner this year. Next year, he might be depending on what the giants do with Daniel Jones as this offense continues to evolve, you know, but it's hard to see him being fantasy relevant when his ceiling looks like it's 90 targets or whatever, you know, that'll be like 95 targets in the 17 game season. I'm struggling to be real excited about a guy getting 95 targets in a run first offense that's dominated by a tight end in Kenny Galladay. You're not struggling as much as I'm struggling with the board over here. You guys hear that phantom stuff going off, man. Un- unbelievable buttons are just being hit all over the place. Anyways, not to take away from your point. Yeah, I think uh, I think that I still think Tony's going to be a winner. I think he's going to come in and do great things in a Giants offense that's trash, anyways. Um, and maybe even with Galladay not living up to hype. So. As it is every week, this show is brought to you by WinBet. WinBet is bringing you the action of real sports betting with the Win Las Vegas experience. You can get in on all your favorite teams, your players, sports, games, everything that you think of, they probably have it for you. They've got generous promos too, odds, parlays. They're happening all right now at WinBet. And listen, if you get started today, we are going to give you a special offer of up to $500 in risk-free sports betting. That's right, $500 of risk-free Sports bets. I mean, I definitely need $500 of risk-free betting, but you did too. So uh, make sure that you get over there. The terms and conditions always apply. Get the details at wynnbet.com and download the free app today. I'm here to tell you one thing I've learned from the mock draft process is that not everybody gets every pick correct. I tell you, I certainly did not get all 32 first round picks right. And I know there's a lot of people that didn't as well. And that's okay because nobody is perfect, right? Not everybody can be perfect. So even the best uh, football players uh, don't get the fourth and goal run and actually even the best fantasy analysts don't get all of the calls right 100% of the time. It's okay. Don't feel bad. If you come up short sometimes in the bedroom as well, that's okay too because guess what? If it's bothering you, we've got some options for you. Right now, head to GetRoman.com slash SGP. Head there right now. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you for free with two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash SGP and complete an online visit. 
Take care of your ED without leaving home. Complete an online visit today to connect with doctors and take care of it. Go to GetRoman.com slash SGP now and get $15 off your first month. Look, there's a straightforward way to take care of your ED. GetRoman.com slash SGP. Get started now to save $15 on your first month of treatment. One of the new crazes that is sweeping the fantasy football community right now is underdog fantasy. If you have not tried underdog fantasy, you got to check it out. Their fantasy best ball tournaments are actually some of the best around. Even better, though, is their NFL Draft Weekend special. Sign up between April 29th and May 4th, and you'll have a chance to win $1 million. You did not hear that wrong. It is $1 million. Here's how you do it. You go to underdogfantasy.com, use the promo code SGP. You're going to get $25 free which you can use to enter their Best Ball Mania 2 tournament. SGP, we are going to be running a private Best Ball draft for the listeners as well. So we got action for you, just like we always do. Uh, there's a limited time offer, though, that ends May 4th. So go to underdogfantasy.com right now. Use promo code SGP for your chance to win $1 million. Did I stress that enough? That's $1 million. How do you do it? Go to underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGP. You know, there really is a YouTube channel for everything, but guess what? You know what's better than that? Vegas. You know what's better than that? Better than Vegas. That's right, better than Vegas. It's like YouTube, but for what DGENs only care about, my friends, and that is sports betting. Stop scrolling through unwrapping videos. Stop scrolling through all the fashion blogs and whatever. Get straight to what you want. That is sports betting on better than Vegas. And look, as we always do at the SGPN, we're giving out free picks. That's right, free daily picks over our Better Than Vegas profile page. Better Than Vegas is always running a free, a ton of free contests as well, and they've got a ton of free picks, handicappers, celebrities, okay, maybe not celebrities, but at least people that you'll recognize when you watch the uh, the channels enough times, and you check out our channel for sure. It is the sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash BTV. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash BTV. Make sure you head over there for all of our picks. We've got hockey picks, we've got NFL picks, we've got NASCAR picks even, and we've got college football. Whatever you could think of, we've got picks for it over there at our, at our Better Than Vegas channel, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash BTV. Um, all right, let's talk about somebody who may live up to the hype. Uh, Najee Harris is the next on our list. Adam, is he a winner? Is he a loser? What What's our deal with Najee Harris? I, I know what I think. Uh, I think the guy landed in an absolute sweet spot, but what do you think? <laughs> You're wrong. <laughs> he Whoa. landed in possibly the worst spot he could have landed in. Pittsburgh didn't fix their biggest issue, okay? Pittsburgh identified we had a problem running the ball last year but they didn't identify the proper solution. The issue wasn't their running backs. Their issue was their porous offensive line. Okay. That offensive line couldn't open, open up a hole for anybody. All right. They averaged right around two yards before contact last year. Okay. So that's effectively your running backs taking two steps and then he's getting hit on every play. And so when you're doing something like that, when you have an offensive line that bad, it doesn't matter if you put the Hulk back there, he's going to get taken down. Najee Harris, we love the physicality. We love the physical tools. We love him as a receiver. But at the end of the day, he might get the touches and the targets, He's but the production isn't going to be there. You're going to be sitting there at the end of this year. You're going to look at his production and you're going to say, it doesn't look that different from James Robinson. Why did I get all excited about this guy landing in Pittsburgh? Because at the end of the day, Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers have changed their offense. They're no longer a smash-mouth run-first team. They're like those mid-2000 Andy Reid teams 
where they manufactured the equivalent of a running game through bubble screens, short passes, slants, and dig routes. And they're just going to keep feeding Deontay Johnson, Juju Smith-Schuster, Chase Claypool, James Washington. They're just going to keep feeding their receivers on dink and dunk stuff because Big Ben wants to put up big completion numbers and wants to throw the ball on every play. And he wants to be the guy. And it's his offense. I mean, they fire the offensive coordinator because he didn't like him. Big Ben is effectively the offensive coordinator. Now, I don't even know who they hired. It doesn't matter because he is the offensive coordinator. He's going to want to keep slinging the ball. And sure, his arm strength might be up a little bit, but Najee Harris just isn't going to see the volume or get the targets or yardage to be productive or efficient this year. And he's just going to be fantasy irrelevant. People are going to dump a ton of capital on Najee Harris, and they're going to be sitting there at the end of the year scratching their heads when they're sitting on a four and 13, four and 12 record in their fantasy leagues. I don't know. I, I feel like this may be an instance where talent can overcome situation and that he can actually maybe, you know, bring that team up and, and, and overcome a lot of those obstacles. When that, has uh, talent overcome situation? When has talent ever overcome situation for fantasy football? Tell me, Rod, I want to hear one of these examples where talent overcomes situation. Uh, you know what? I can't do it in 25 seconds. So you're saved by the bell. Uh, Rod, I could put Eric Dick, <laughs> Dickerson on this team and he'd be an RB four. Okay. I could put Bo, ja- Bo Jackson might be the exception. I'm going to be honest. Bo Jackson's the one man who could probably be productive as those Steelers running back. I mean, and even last year, they just showed that they weren't, that they didn't want to be a one back team. I mean, James Conner and Benny smell. It was like a 55, 45 split with enough targets go- with Anthony McFarland getting enough touches to just be relevant. So I just don't see Najee Harris getting the efficiency numbers to make his limited touches worthwhile. You want an example of talent overcoming situation? I give you Sam Darnold. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) I love that look on your face. I don't give you Sam Darnold for that situation. I just needed to have some sort of ammunition in there to to shoot, man. You you backed me up against a wall and I had 30 seconds to to think about it and I didn't. So uh, we're going to move on to Sam Darnold because Sam Darnold is next on the list. And uh, I can already tell you that I'm still not thinking that this guy is in any better position as he was before the draft uh, now. But I I want Adam to not just reaffirm that for me, but uh, actually, no, he's going to tell me why I'm wrong. Why am I wrong, uh, Adam? Why is Sam Darnold a golden child this year? Sam Darnold is a golden child this year because he's stepping into a situation where he has the best offensive weapons he has ever had top to bottom. Sure, he played with Robbie Anderson before, but DJ Moore is an emerging wide receiver talent. He's going to be one of those guys we talk about as the next great receivers. Okay, He's going to be a wide receiver one for a year to come. Robbie Anderson is going to be a wide receiver one for the next two to three years as well. So when you give Sam Darnold those weapons and a running game that he never had and an organization that believes in him and he doesn't have Adam Gase as his coach, he's going to be successful. Okay. Even last year in this great Robbie Anderson year that we had, okay. Robbie Anderson posted his lowest yards per reception of his career where he started 16 games. He was about four to five yards lower per reception with Teddy Bridgewater than he was with Sam Darnold. So although Sam Darnold has a career lower yards per reception on the whole compared to Teddy Bridgewater, when he's thrown to Robbie Anderson, he has a a better yards per reception. So I just think stepping into a better situation, he's out of that pressure cooker that is the New Jersey Jets and just that shit storm that is the New Jersey Jets with better weapons, a great running back in Christian McCaffrey. I just 
Sam Darnold's a QB one candidate for me this year. If I'm sitting there late in drafts, I'm looking to target him in like the 12th, 13th round. I'm really going in on a lot of Sam Darnold. I've already started making calls in my dynasty leagues to try to get him because I think he's going to take that step and he's going to be that guy. A lot of people thought he could be coming out of college with Joe Brady, who is possibly the greatest offensive mind of this next generation of coordinators. Well, I think, okay, well, fine. But Sam Darnold here, I, I don't think that he has what it takes to even utilize the talent that he has around him. I just, I don't see it. I never saw the leadership from him on the Jets. I mean, look, there are quarterbacks that can take bad teams and make them better. And that is actually the mark for me of a true leading quarterback is somebody who can take a team that is not really all that great and make them even better. So for me, if you already put a good quarterback in a good situation, of course, things are going to be good. But if you put a good quarterback in a not so great situation and he makes everybody rise to the occasion, then that's what makes a great quarterback to me. Now, we'll see if Sam Darnold can do anything uh, with his time there, but I don't know if he's got what it takes to lead a good team uh, by himself. I mean, I think in Carolina, the difference is going to be they have a better offensive line. They've invested in that offensive line. They have a better system. They have the better weapons. He's not going to be running for his life, and he's not going to have a toxic coach on the sidelines when he comes off the field. I mean, everyone can tell you, you look at Adam Gase's body language and you, you just, no one wants to be around the dude. And looking at Sam Darnold, he got sacked 30 times in 2018, 33 in 2019. And then last year when he paid, played his fewest games, he got sacked 35 times. He's getting sacked about two and a half, three times per game. I think he, he's not going to be under that much pressure and he's going to have the guys to get the ball out to. I like him this year. I think it's a big, big, big plus. I guess it's hard to complete passes when you're on your ass. Am I right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Well, then let's talk about somebody that will be joining him over there in Carolina and maybe not necessarily being a guy that's going to see a lot of play in the first few, I guess, I don't know, weeks of his of his uh, existence. And that is uh, Canadian's own. You talk about Canada. Uh, Chuba Hubbard. Um, I always want to say Chuba, but I know that's not it. But Chuba Hubbard running back going to be joining McCaffrey in the backfield. I guess another weapon for Darnold. We didn't hit on him there because they were going to hit on him now. So what about uh, Chuba there, Adam? It's tough to say because we don't know what this is going to, what this offense is going to look like with Christian McCaffrey this year. Christian McCaffrey has always been a dominant guy. He's dominated the rushing attempts um, and he's always gotten a ton of work in the passing game. The thing is, is Chuba Hubbard, Chuba Hubbard is a really good receiving back as is Christian McCaffrey. I think you could see Joe Brady getting both of those guys onto the field a lot. Unfortunately, I don't think there's just going to be enough volume there for him. There's a lot of mouths to feed on that Carolina offense. You know, I think I'd, I think I'd be more interested to him as a dynasty stash and handcuffed to Christian McCaffrey. I just don't know that he's going to get enough work and enough touches to make him fantasy relevant this year or next year. Now, the thing where it gets interesting after next year, the Panthers have an out on Christian McCaffrey's contract. And that's when I get interested is in year three for Chuba. Um, whether he stays on the roster or not that long, I don't know. But if he can hold on to that point, I think you could see the Panthers, if they decide to move on from Christian McCaffrey, him being relevant. So I'm more interested in him in dynasty, late second round, third round flyer kind of action. Or if I am rostering Christian McCaffrey, I want to make sure that I'm adding him because I think he will be the guy backing up CMC. 
I also think that we've seen the chinks in CMC's armor this year. We know that uh, injuries, when they happen, they happen again. And, you know, sometimes guys just can't stay healthy after they get their, their first major injuries. So I don't know about the injury argument for Christian McCaffrey. I think the Panthers looked at this like, we know this is a lost season and we're just going to kind of go through the motions here at a certain point. I think they just kind of shut him down at a certain point and said, you are a big factor in our plans. Christian McCaffrey is the kind of running back and that offensive weapon who can run routes, So he's going to hold his value a lot longer than most running backs. So I'm not too worried about durability or issues for Christian McCaffrey. Um, Moving forward as of right now, if this year he has some issues, I might talk about it a little bit more. But as of right now, I'm not worried about it. Last year just felt like a lost year for them and a year where they just kind of said, we're just going to take our lumps, take our growing pains, and we're going to try to get more guys on this roster moving forward, which they did. I mean, that defense is even better this year. So I just think, I don't know, I'm not labeling Christian McCaffrey injury prone or having durability issues yet. Well, I mean, it's not, I mean, we're not saying that he's going to be injury prone, but I'm just saying that, yeah, you, you know, insinuated it, Rob, you I insinuated, did. I it. did. I insinuated because that you never know injuries are one Rod, of those I'm things. I'm going to drive down the street to the Panther stadium and I'm going to leave a note that says Rod Via Gomez thinks you're injury prone, Christian. What are you going to say to him? And then, yeah, please do. And then leave my phone number. Make sure you do that for sure. <laughs> and my Twitter handle and every social media that he can reach me at. I want to, I, I want to get in a beef. Cause that's, that's good publicity right there. Getting a beef with CMC. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, all right. Speaking of, uh, well, we're moving off of quarterbacks and stuff, but, uh, now a QB one that may no longer be a QB one. Uh, and, and boy, his, his stock faded almost about as quick as the smile on his face in those pictures. One Andy Dalton, man, that poor guy's got run through the ringer over the last few months. Has he not? I mean, he was a winner until about nine 30 on Thursday night. <laughs> Cause he thought he was going to get to throw to Darnell Mooney and um, Alan Robinson. Robinson, Cole Komet and have Matt Nagy calling plays for him. And now he's just, a, it's Justin Fields, gig. Justin Fields is going to be the starter day one coming in. Um, if they don't Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy are going to be running for their lives and in witness protection program, because <laughs> the Chicago fans are just going to be there. Um, I, and I don't think there's any trade, landing spots out there for Andy Darnold. I think a lot of teams went out, addressed their quarterback issues Um, off the top of my head. I just don't think there's anywhere they can trade him. I think he's just going to be resigned to being Justin Fields backup. Um, Cause you don't take, I mean, Justin Fields in my mind was the second best quarterback, potentially the first best. I just, I can't evaluate quarterbacks enough um, to make that assessment, whether it's him or Trevor Lawrence. But at the end of this year, I do think, um, you know, uh, we'll get into Justin Fields here in a minute, but it's just Andy Dalton's a loser. There's nothing else to be said about it. You feel bad for the guy. He's a great dude. Andy Dalton's always going to have a soft spot in my heart because I'll never forget that new year's Eve. Andy Dalton drops back under pressure, finds his receiver breaks free into the end zone and the bills make the playoffs. Oh, I'm running and screaming. The rest of the night's a blur. I don't remember it. I may have offered to pay a bar $100 to let me smash their folding table. They declined. I don't know why, but it is what it is. And Andy Dalton, you're always going to have the biggest place in my heart. We love you in Buffalo. Please come retire as a Buffalo Bill. We would love it. We'll retire number 14 for you gladly once Stefan Diggs is done with it. 
<laughs> Holy cow. That's, I don't know. That's high praise for Andy Dalton, man. I don't even think he thinks he's that good. Uh, <laughs> I gotta tell you. Yeah, but you're right. I mean, listen, this is one place where I can totally agree with you. He just got hosed, man. I mean, and, and look, here's the thing. And I really believe that it was just the fact that fields fell to Chicago. That that's the only reason I think that they even did this in the first place, because right. if, if fields if didn't Chicago's fall sitting there yeah. and I, I thought Mac Jones was going to end up in Chicago just because they had to pick a quarterback and they were going to pick him late nah. in the twenties where they were originally picking. And I'm not, if it's Mac Jones sitting there, Andy Dalton is a better quarterback than Mac Jones right now. And Mac Jones is going to be lucky if he has Andy Dalton's career. Mm-hmm. 100 out of 100. Yeah. And I don't, I don't, like I said, I think if fields fields went to the Niners, I think Chicago would have went somewhere else. There's no way that they would have. Yeah. Then Andy Dalton could have kept his, his tweet. I mean, maybe he framed that tweet for ever so, you know, short of a time that was QB one because now, now it's not looking so much like QB one anymore. All right. Speaking of QB one, the new QB one of the Chicago bears who I, I just, again, just like Adam said, if he's not starting day one, why the hell did you waste as much draft capital on him as you did? Uh, but that is Justin Fields, who is sadly not a Niner. Um, my heart is broken. And when I see him do great things on the field, I will always remember the time when we could have drafted him at number three, but Justin Fields, Adam, tell me what's this guy is. He's obviously a winner. Yeah. 100% a winner. And this year, he is the rookie quarterback I most want to roster in all formats for redraft. He is the guy I'm keying in on. I don't want Trevor Lawrence. I want Justin Fields. Justin Fields is stepping into a place where he has receivers. He has a bona fide stud, top 10 receiver, fantasy and real life in Allen Robinson. He has Darnell Mooney, the king of the I'm going to roast this guy on a route and then be overthrown by 20 yards by my quarterback and just throw my hands up and wonder what the hell is going on. He has Anthony Miller, the crafty operator out of the slot. He has David Montgomery and Tariq Cohen out the backfield, and he has the up-and-comer Cole Komet at the tight end spot. He has the weapons. He might have better weapons in the pros than he had in college. So just think about that. Justin Fields, the man who took that Ohio State team and just absolutely carved up the Big Ten and Clemson and in just all these big games last year. 41 touchdowns to three picks this year. 22 touchdowns to six picks. And then you bring in the rushing where he isn't actually, where he didn't rush as much as you think he did, but he always made stuff happen on the ground. He's just that new wave quarterback. He can get it done with his legs. He can get it done with his arm. Rod, we're going to be sitting here in December and we're going to be talking about how Justin Fields was a top 10 fantasy quarterback this year and how we're and we're wondering why people in drafts were taking Trevor Lawrence over him for fantasy purposes because Justin Fields top 10 quarterback this year book it. You're going to be talking about that. I'm going to be too busy crying to get any sort of words out because we are going to be sitting at like at that point December, I don't know what. Uh, under 500 with, you know, 
uh, we're going to Trey Lance in the in the pinch because Jimmy Garoppolo is just not getting it done. And then I'm going to have to cry because Trey Lance didn't get enough time to mentor under Jimmy. And so, yeah, you can have fun talking about your Justin Fields. I'm going to be whining and crying, uh, probably drunk off of uh, what is it? Kids drinking White Claws nowadays. I don't know. Whatever they are. It's not Claws, seltzers. Drinking Claws, right? <laughs> no, we're drinking Bud Light seltzers, man. We got to throw this back. Coors Light. No, no, no. Coors Light seltzers now. We upgraded. Uh, but Rod, we're talking about fantasy football here, okay? What do you think Justin Fields is doing this year for fantasy football? I think you're he's killing it. The question, buddy. I think he's killing it. I think he's going to be. Well, you're right. I think he's got too many weapons to not be good. Um, I, like I said, it's going to hurt my feelings because I really think we should have had him. But now, look, there's there's a good possibility that he could come in and and uh, really need that extra year that he would have gotten in San Francisco. But um, I don't know. I think you're right. I think he's got what it takes. I, I watched so much film on him that I'm convinced that he could have stepped in and been a day one starter anywhere he was at, which I was hoping San Francisco, unfortunately, Chicago fans, you get to have him and, uh, and enjoy him. So take good care of him. I, I really do wish you well, <laughs> not really though. Uh, all right. That, that is it. That's the 10 Adam. How did that feel? Was that good? Was that three minutes? All right. I liked it. I liked it. I liked it. Good times as always. And I'm sure we're going to hear about where we were wrong, where we messed up and some counterpoints here. Yes, because we did have a young man sitting there in the wings, listening to every word that I said wrong and uh, is getting set to have five minutes to not only correct us, but look at Mike's already, man. <laughs> He's shuffling the papers. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> his, his big red pen, you can't see it, but it's out and it's ready to go. So, uh, all right, Mike, we are going to give you five minutes on the clock, and this is your five minutes to tell us everything we got wrong and uh, interject some of your own thoughts in that. So are you ready, my friend? I am ready. You all right. Awesome. Let's start the clock now. All right. You know, both my parents were teachers, so the shuffling of the paper comes naturally. Here we go. The Cam Newton thing, obviously, he was not going to be a long-term, you know, for the Patriots. Am I in on Mac Jones? Not 100%, but they don't take first-round quarterbacks up there in New England, so you got to kind of have a little faith in him. And I know you're really big on, you know, the Patriots are just going to run, the, do this or run the ball. But, you know, quite a few seasons ago, Tom Brady threw for 5,000 yards. He had a 50-touchdown season. You know, if anybody's going to flip a magic spell, is it going to be Bill Belichick? Yeah, yeah, that's who it's probably going to be. Am I in on Mac Jones? Not 100%, but I'm not going to already scratch him off. Uh, but, yeah, I think we all knew that Cam Newton was on his way out. Anything? Keep going? Oh, yeah, keep going. You got five minutes, my friend. Awesome. So, and then and then James Robinson, you know, these undrafted free agents, they don't show up very often. Why are you going to just drop the guy or trade him for cheap? You're going to ride him into the sunset. Hopefully, you probably got him on waivers for free. Uh, you know, did you drop Priest Holmes? Look at Eckler. You know, it's he's still ranked so high. You don't know what's really to come. Jacksonville just stacked the rest of their offense to alleviate the guy. They let him skip the last game of the season. He's free. He's already paid for. He's on a rookie contract. Why are you not going to use him? Is ATN amazing? Of course. But can one, two punches exist in the NFL? I think we've all seen the Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt scenario. I, I can still see it happen, and I wouldn't be all the way out on J-Rob. All right. Moving on, we got Trey Lance. I'm a Niner fan too, born and raised. Um, more in on the fields than than the Trey Lance, but we'll just keep going. Um, Shanahan's a winner, so you, you kind of got to root for him, you know. And I think I think he's got to start soon. That was the one thing I was going to say. He's he's he hasn't 
played for a long time, Trey Lance. You know, he didn't play this year. If, if he doesn't start soon. So I think Jimmy G might be gone actually before the, before the season really starts, uh, you know, or, or some other replacement brought, you know, try to, or week two, you know, at the latest, they got to get this kid out there and see what they got. Uh, so yeah, 90% agree on that pretty much. Uh, moving on the Niners running back situation. You know, I was out on it last year cause you never know. And obviously most are probably starting to lead off, but one injury away from a three to four week absent absence and uh yeah last year's dra- draft where they took hasty definitely not a prototypical running back so if anybody's going to be cut of course it's probably going to be you know him or and, and uh you know bringing in Goleman I think I think that's too early to call maybe the Goleman call he might make the squad but I definitely don't see him as a as a RB you know it's taking over anybody's job uh so but yeah uh moving on Kadarius Tooney, the Giants taking him a little bit early. Uh, I think that kind of makes him a winner a little bit. It improved his draft stock. I see people taking him as like the fourth receiver now off the board. Is that where I had him? No. But, you know, as far as, you know, people in their drafts, he's, he's a super winner. But something's up there. Uh, you know, if they can't keep if they can't keep Saquon healthy, then, of course, you know, it's hard for, you know, anybody Slayton to have a breakout or Sterling Shepard. And uh, both those guys, I'm kind of off. You know, Darius Slayton, he could have had that second-year breakout. He didn't really help Daniel Jones as much as I think we all thought. I'm kind of in on the Galladay train, and it will be interesting to see what uh, Tooney can do because this will be Daniel Jones's prove-it year. I think we all know that's coming. Uh, moving on, the Najee Harris. I think he's a freak. I had him as a coin flip, RB1, depending on landing spot. Uh, they drafted quite a few uh, linemen. You know, and just a few years ago, Ben Roethlisberger threw for 5,000 yards the year before his elbow got hurt. I wonder if he was still recovering at 38 years old last year as the season started. Maybe he wasn't really 100%. Uh, he's not a 30, you know, 25, 21-year-old rookie, you know, or younger guys. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of in on the, um, on the Najee Harris right now. Uh, pretty stoked to watch him play Sam Darnold. Man, it's so hard because guys like Ryan Tannehill had success. But what, you know, he, he's kind of like stuck with this amazing running back situation that just totally alleviates anything that Ryan Tannehill really has to do other than play action. Um, I don't know. Darnold, you're right, though. He has the best weapons he's had. And you, you mentioned Terrence Marshall's there now. So that's going to be awesome to see, uh, you know, DJ Moore, uh, you know, moving on, though. Chub, Chuba, Chuba, you know, CMC. 400 touches, two years in a row. The guy ends up hurt. Wonder why. I'm kind of off the CMC. You know, if he could stay healthy, he's amazing. But they run these RBs into the ground, and I think that might be what happened. I won't label him injury prone, but I have very few teams. I've already gotten rid of them. Two or three firsts a couple of years ago. Woo! Five minutes goes by fast, doesn't it? You know, we got Andy Darnold. I think everybody could see that one coming. Even Darnold, he, he should have, he should have, he's going to sell that thing as an NFT in a few years when it becomes famous of him being like, QB1, it's going to be like, yeah, dude, that was really funny. And he's going to actually make more money on it as an NFT probably. So he'll be fine. And Justin Fields, he was tied with uh, T-Law for me as, as a QB1 and a Niner fan. Uh, you know, I'm going to be, I'm going to be okay with Trey Lance. It's got to be, it's already done. I know. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm stoked to watch those bears. I, I am too, but hopefully we don't meet him anytime soon because I, like I said, I'll end up crying. Yeah. Oh, totally. He's ah. a stud, bona fide stud. 
<clears throat> well, listen, I guess we got graded pretty good because uh, Mike couldn't find too many things wrong. I know Adam prides himself on being right all the time. So Adam, congrats, my friend, for making this a flawless uh, appearance. Uh, that's what you expect from me. Just nothing but flawless heaters every time. <laughs> <laughs> Adam with the big takes, man. And uh, and Mike, how did that feel, man? You're, you're our first uh, our first actual live fact checker. What was that like for you? It was kind of fun, actually. Like I said, I used to work with kids and stuff. So I was sitting here doing a little homework and I was like ready to bust it out like a teacher at the end of this fun. Thanks, I guys. love it. I love it. All right. All right, guys. So that is it. That's the end of the show. We are going to close it out. I want to thank everybody for coming to this show, the Sports Gambling Podcast Network Fantasy Football Podcast. Again, my guest, Adam Pelletier. You can find him on Twitter. Uh, Adam, where can they find you? Because I always just at you. I don't pay attention to what it's at. <laughs> It's at Adam Pelletier. It's yes. Just the first and last name. Real simple. The OG. I got the original Twitter handle back in like 2009. So we're good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and as always, over on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network as well. Uh, we got a whole bunch of great fantasy content coming out there this month. So stick with us through all of your fantasy football seasons. Yes, sir. He is the boss. He's the guy that signs the paycheck. Thank you, Adam. And of course, our fact checker and Mr. Uh, set us right. And the first guy to ever sit in this seat, uh, Mike Grimes. Mike, tell everybody where they can find you, please. All right. You guys can find me mainly on Twitter at DR underscore footballs, Dr. Footballs. And I uh, write for the pregame HQ, but uh, podcasts everywhere. Let's do this thing. Yeah. Yes, sir. All right. Theme music is provided by Icono Clash. You can find their music at iconoclash-band.com. Canadian band after my own heart. Love these guys. But again, thanks for joining. Let it ride, everybody. Let's go.